0: Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode of the Pool Cleaner Hour, where it's I, your host Tinker Buff, will be uh, taking you down a road of various topics and various things each week as you relax in your mind's pool, where it'll heat up or cool down. Whatever you want to do, it's your pool. I'm just here to make it comfy. So, today we're going to be talking about Whisper's Estate, which some of you may have heard of. Uh, It's residing in the tiny town of Mitchell, Indiana, which a lot of listeners, that's not too far from you. It's a pretty well-known haunted house. In 2010, it was actually ranked the number four scariest place in America. People have reported seeing, hearing, and even feeling ghosts in every single room of this house. There are pictures of scratches, bruising, and even eye-gouging from people who have gone on tours in this building of horrors. So, <laughs> so, it was around 2012, 2012-ish or so, when a friend of mine bought us tickets to go, because he got a reserve. Um, I told them up front, I said, Look, terrible guest, do not take me to haunted attractions. I ask way too many questions. I, I just, I can't relax enough. To not ask people things about how stuff works at the hotel or at the uh, at the haunted house, and um, they assured me it'd be fine. They said, "You know what? I'm really excited. I really want to go." And so I promised myself that I would be on my best behavior. This is the story of how I did not fulfill that promise. But uh, let's first let's talk about the house this haunted home was originally owned by dr george and sarah white until they sold it to dr john gibbons and his wife Jessie in 1899. the couple sadly wanted to have kids but never could so they adopted three children it wasn't long until tragedies began to unfold starting with the 10 year old rachel who snuck out of bed on christmas morning in 1921 She wanted to peek at her presents, which were precariously close to the fireplace. The child caught on fire and died within two days. John and Jesse were naturally beyond heartbroken, and if there is a god, he didn't give a shit. For the next one to go was their infant daughter, Elizabeth, who was only 10 months old. She suddenly died in the master bedroom. It was determined to be a case of cot death, or SIDS, which is Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. Where sometimes, um, babies just, you know, die. (laughs) Uh, but the real cause was never found. Destroyed by grief, the wife, Jessie, got very ill with pneumonia and died two weeks later, joining her two deceased children... In the room that Jesse passed, visitors often report sounds of rasping and heavy breathing and coughing. People claim to have felt intense pressure on their chests. Sometimes the door handles shake, the door itself swings open, and disembodied steps echo within the walls. As time progressed, many people would move into the house and either sell it or uh, after being scared away, or they would die within the very same walls. It's been said that a gentleman who lived in the estate in the 60s died in the upstairs bathroom. Then a few years later a young boy died falling down the stairs. This house would become known as the Death House. It was mostly left alone for quite some time. The home earned its name in 2006 when some people bought bought it out to renovate the haunted building and turn it into a bed and breakfast, which <laughs> which they, they really did see. Uh oh, it's a death house. <laughs> so equally hilarious and awesome. Uh, It was then, however, they started hearing whispers all over the house. They heard footsteps and conversations in other rooms, and since then it's been opened up to the public for tours and ghost investigators. With decades now of activity logs and physical alterations ranging from shoving and scratching and even biting. So, the tour. We arrive at the modest and pleasant white two-story home, and hanging from twine on the stone porch is a large banner that reads Whisper's Estate in a spooky font my stomach gets a knot but not from fear, anxiety of knowing I will not be able to stop myself the moment this starts and doing my own paranormal investigation alright, so (laughs) this is going to be one of those moments where you think I'm making it up and I, I promise I'm not we, we go inside, and I swear to God, the person that greets us at the desk is my most recent ex's mom. She's the, she is the front desk host, and after a brief moment of awkwardness, I swear to God, I swear, she calls up my ex to tell them we are here, and tries to hand me the phone so we can catch up. <laughs> I, I decline politely but she forces the, the phone into my hand. So my ex and I have a mutually very uncomfortable small talk chat as we hadn't spoken to each other in several years by this point and we almost hang up simultaneously. I go ahead and sign in. I wasn't going to waste the house drive because of this unprofessional and, and just frankly out of line front desk lady uh tours are 10 bucks for an hour or 20 dollars for two hours and they will all be led by just a singular guide with a low level flashlight we're told a tour is underway but they'll be with us next in the meantime we are led to another room with a bunch of dust and a stack of photo books And it's filled with Polaroids that are from people's scratches, bitings, bruises, and reddened eyes from where ghosts have poked them. There's cobwebs everywhere, the lighting is very dim, and we sign papers saying we won't sue if we get grabbed or molested by otherworldly beings. The gentleman in this waiting area tells us it'll just be us, and then two others on the tour whom we see soon, and we make idle banter with. It is a man and a lady, and they are told that the downstairs doctor ghost can be particularly grabby with the female guests. I'm still kind of beside myself at this point from the entire X-Ordeal, but I shake it from my mind and try to listen for any footsteps or whispers. Of course, there's a tour already happening, so we hear a light commotion, and it's clearly from that group. So we're sitting in the, in silence for a bit, just me, my friend, and these two others. We're looking at corners and shadows, waiting to have our skin torn or hair turned to white from fright. But the tour guide picks us up without incident, and we are led to the first room of the floor. Dr. Gibbons, the man who bought the house from the original owners, had a general practice at the house on the first floor for about 26 years, and it is... Kinda said that given the time frame that it was, that many patients probably died in the house, and that's how they phrased it. They're like, "Well, it was old time, so probably a lot of patients died here," <laughs> um, which makes kind of no sense, because it was like a uh, like just a general practice, like a, like a Med Express where you just go in to get a checkup. Uh, but we're informed that there's a pit grave where. <laughs> amputated limbs, internal organs, and aborted fetuses were dumped. Uh, I accidentally start laughing, as I'm doing now, because the thought is ridiculous, and I catch a very, very specific look from the tour guide. I clear my throat, apologize, but, like, come on, (laughs) guys. The doctor just flinging limbs and dead babies into a hole in the ground outside of his personal house that is also supposed to be a general practice and, and apparently this is common knowledge that he just does this. Um, But he's also the pervert known for whispering in young women's ears and he likes to grab and touch people in inappropriate ways. So, you know... <laughs> It's sad that his family died, right? That it's the guy who had the the children catch on fire, the wife die, the sids, all that. But then he just turned us into a raving pervert. So, you know, how does that? You know, I, whatever, right? So then we are told that in these these <laughs> these first few rooms downstairs, there <laughs> there is a being known only as'm I'm, I'm not making this up, known only as the big. Black. (laughs) (laughs) This black mass moves around in the house, and psychics have assured them that it isn't violent, (laughs) but it is not of our world or our dimension, and it will give anybody who sees it tremendous fear. (laughs) The the big black wanders all over the house, but is mostly seen on the first floor. (laughs) anyone else ever thought of calling it literally anything else i ask out loud and that's when i realize oh shit the seal of my mouth has just been broken um there is an incredibly uncomfortable silence as my question does not get answered we make our way through the bottom floors and i note the cramped walkways the decades old wood sticking from the walls the uneven wooden floors I try to whisper to my touring friend that that's probably why people had scratches, as several times I found myself pressed against boards while we were standing and listening to the stories, and there was only four of us. The group would hold up to six or eight people, so naturally you're gonna get scratched. I see the other two uh, with us nodding and whispering to each other in agreement, and I do remember that my whisper voice still projects very very well because I have a very low voice. And I notice the tour guide is staring directly at me. We go up the uneven stairs that the boy fell down, and there's paint peeling from the walls. Every single step creaks, and we stop halfway to see if we feel a haunted wind gust. We do not, but we're promised. It happens a lot, all right? The roo- the, the house will let you know. I, I believe their tagline was something along the lines of the house will let you know if it wants you there or not. The house didn't seem to give a shit if I was there. Um... The first room upstairs is very cramped and even more dusty. Most of the paint is off the walls and on the floor. There's a mirror in the floor in the far corner, but positioned so that you see yourself when you first walk in to give yourself a nice little jump scare. We're told a mentally challenged boy died here, and sometimes you can hear him breathing or running. Sometimes the tour guide talks to him, and they apparently push a ball back and forth. But you have to be really careful, because if you hear heavy breathing, he's probably about to push you. We stand in silence. There's a closet door that we're told sometimes opens and shuts on its own, but it notoriously will not do so if it senses a camera being present. We wait for whispers, maybe some creaking, maybe some heavy breathing. She then asks if we have questions, gritting my teeth, sweating even. I raise my hand. And I'm trying not to, but I do. I say, do you guys not paint the rooms on purpose to keep it spooky for tours, or is it more of a sanctimonious thing? the air is tight and electric in silence my tour guide says paint is expensive and i can't i can't i say these tours were ten dollars a piece and you don't keep the lights on and there's no central air and the lady at the desk said it was all volunteer ran and i say this a thousand miles an hour and bite my own lip afterwards i hear the two behind us murmuring in agreement the fellow touring lady whispers Paint isn't that expensive. Maybe the little boy ghost would like a fresh coat in this room. In her addition to the statement, pains me, I didn't mean to start a snowball. I don't mean to make this tour guide who's volunteering. I don't mean to make his job harder than it is, but what am I supposed to do? Well, the, uh, the renovations seem to um, upset the possible ghosts. Remember when they tried to renovate in 2006? That's when the, the activity started up more fiercely. Our guide is bothered, and I nod apologetically. It's fine. It's not an appropriate time for debating, and I know this. It's fine. Let everybody have a good time. We move on to another room, and we are told that this is the room that has the ghost of Rachel, the little girl who died in the fire, and is beloved, as she should be. Her room is filled with dolls brought to her by frequent visitors. It's very sweet. There's dolls from, from all different years, uh, just from, from where various people have brought stuff in. Her room is filled uh, there's jacks on the ground, there's beach balls on the bed, and we hear her tragic story and are told that her presence can often be felt. She tells us the mother, Jessie, also died in this room, and that's where you can hear the coughing and the wheezing. We sit in the room looking at her toys, feeling the general sadness in the air. Some very quiet time passes. We think we hear something, but the tour guide pokes her head out the door and sees it's one of the volunteers. Though Reluctantly, the guide asks if we have any questions about this room. I say, have there been any attempts to release her spirits? Don't ghosts normally linger because they have unfinished business. Uh, They say people have claimed to have spoken to Rachel, but just having conversations and playing toys with her to make her happy. But, I continue, wouldn't it be more caring to try to figure out why she's here to release her instead of capitalizing off of her spirit? And I try to suck that last question back in, but it's there. It's out. Didn't need to ask it. Totally not cool. My tour date clinches my hand, and I see from the corner of my eye she is wincing whether it is from holding back laughter or embarrassment, I cannot be certain. The guide excuses herself and leaves the room with us, all four in the little girl's haunted room. I turn to my other tourists and I apologize. Say, I'm sorry, I have a compulsion uh i they laugh and say no not at all you're just asking what we're wondering it's not helpful my mind thinks but i just smile we're all looking around the room waiting to be spooked but it's quiet we're just hanging out in rachel's room by ourselves unattended not told why the guide left they just left probably because of me Uh, I push one of Rachel's beach balls to see if she wants to play, just to give her some attention. The others sit by the jacks on the floor. We were told that one person was hit by a flying jack once, so they're trying to agitate it, trying to get something going on. The man of the two tourists that were with us is softly humming something. I'm not sure what. Just maybe from nerves, maybe from boredom. The replacement guide comes in. He's a man full of hype, ready for anything, specially attuned for people like me. He says, all right guys, sorry to leave you alone like that. I hope nothing happened. This next room, an old man died and it was possibly murder. We don't really know this cause of death. This dude's on total flim-flam energy, full atmosphere shift. His voice is like a carnival game as he tells us that at any moment, the room could shake like an earthquake and at any moment we have to watch out because this house could turn on us and force us to leave. Also, this house was once used as an apartment, and many people have filed in and out, maybe close to a hundred. One boarder in the house was suspected to be an axe murderer, but that's never been confirmed. It's just been a word of mouth so i feel like we're about to enter a hall of mirrors with the energy this dude has brought i mean it's awesome whatever we've jumped straight from this like poetically oh maybe we'll hear voices to an entire season of american horror story we've gone from solemn to nonsense in a split second he says sometimes you may even smell baby powder in this room but there is no babies in this room he assured wild-eyed and excited and I say, wasn't there a 10-month-old that died? I asked, lightly recalling a previous story the guy just told us. But it was never in this room, he excitedly corrects. And I'm, I'm dying. I say, how do you possibly know that? I'm laughing, and he doesn't reply. But he does lead us down a narrow hallway. We're scraped by more wood, broken picture frames. And he tells us that in this area, it often feels like you're being watched. Maybe it's the Big Black... <laughs> and i'm i'm crying i can't can't stop myself the whole group is now laughing because i'm like you can't say that uh he gives us a look and i swear he skips over the next couple rooms and he tells us that there's an attic and that there's a multi-dimensional portal from the attic to the third floor but we can't go there because it costs extra this this guy this pure flim flam of a man is trying to micro transaction us during the tour Uh, but hey you can pay $300 to stay overnight and we would truly experience all of the horrors that the house can offer you know there's no uh, electric there's no HVAC units there's no beds Uh, but for $300 you can hang out in this this house and uh, maybe get Scratched or bitten, so he like he skipped over the rest of the rooms upstairs. I don't know what those were about, uh, but we head to the basement where something down there is certain to frighten us. He's he's so so sure. uh It's not even been close to an hour. <laughs> like I think the, at this point the tour is like maybe like twenty five minutes, uh, but we're led all the same to the last room, the most terrifying of all horror cliche rooms. The basement. It's a dirt floor with bare ceilings, plenty of wood planks and nails sticking out to get scraped on, especially when you've only been led by a single flashlight in the entire time, and sometimes that light was several feet away from you. I took the back position as often as I could to let others be around the tour guide, but our group was very small. We were told that there were possibly bodies buried in the ground beneath our feet, but no one knew for sure. I say, how wouldn't they know? There's either bodies or there aren't. I ask, barely even registering, speaking before doing the action. And he says, what do you mean, sir? I say, if there are suspected bodies in the ground, wouldn't the police have exhumed them to make sure? It could be a solution to missing person cases or unsolved murders. They wouldn't just shrug it off, especially when it's in just a small space. He said something about the house being a historic site and that it couldn't be touched, which I'm sure maybe. Uh, But then the other man in the group, the the gentleman with me, said that's not how it works when it comes to dead bodies. (laughs) And then the lady said, don't they have ways to x-ray the ground? And uh, he added on, I think they could just dig. They wouldn't even have to alter the house. There's plenty of room. The snowball builds. it's, It's too late. It's over. No one is taking this seriously. Uh, what makes you think there are bodies? Was there a log of some kind? I asked the guide who sighed. Well, Dr. Gibbons saw hundreds of patients. It's illogical to assume some had died. And I say, yeah, we heard that upstairs, but wouldn't they have sent them to a morgue? He wouldn't just bury them in unmarked graves under the house. (laughs) <laughs> and he says and he says well according to psychics and at this point my 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 partner my tour date I'm with she joins in and says but what about actual forensics and cuz they're all laughing the group's broke out into chuckling and my brain goes oh god what have i done and i go nonverbal i feel super bad at this point but you know all things considered in retrospect not my fault The tour guide made more comments about the potential deaths in the house and how people often dreamed of things that had happened, but his energy was gone, and I think we all felt a little bad. He was a volunteer. He was doing his best to make it a fun experience. The tour wrapped up shortly after, and he led us to the front desk. Unfortunately, when it was being presented as a real-life haunted house, people expected actual evidence, and in all the moments of silence and all the moments we waited to hear things, nothing occurred, right? And that's fine. Ghosts don't, and shouldn't perform on command and we understood that but it's just it felt like a waste of money all the same when we were in the basement we heard footsteps and talking but that was just the next tour already lining up it's just when you uh when you have haunted places again you know whether ghosts whether you believe ghosts are real or not you can't capitalize on them like that's kind of fucked up uh in the amount of people that you bring through, it's going to take that residual energy away and the ghosts are going to leave because they just, they're going to know that you're just using them as a sideshow attraction. Either way on the way out of the exit, I looked for a gift shop or something like that. Uh, I heard the two people with us talk to the front desk about a refund, but they were declined. If they were given one, I probably would have replaced that money But I still put a bit of cash that I did have me in their their tip jar, which I do remember had a a sticker of a ghost on it. Uh, My ex's mom waved me a goodbye, and I gave her a typical lips-pulled-in, eyebrows-raised face. Uh, I rode home chuckling with my friend about the venture, even though I felt a little guilty, but she thought it was hilarious, and assured me that they would have been more upset just walking from one gross dark room of nothingness for an hour. At least this way it felt a little bit like a Scooby-Doo mystery. And then uh, we traveled home. You can look up a ton of logs and accounts from other investigators and people who went on tours. Some people do pay the several hundred dollars to stay the night in hopes of getting more ghost action when they're all alone. A housing contractor noted hearing a little girl's voice say mommy and sometimes sing Ring Around a Rosie because of course she would. Like, (laughs) Like, of course, of course that's a song. Uh, Neighbors have made 911 calls in the past claiming to have heard children screaming from inside. The beds and couches have been known to shake violently on their own. EVP recording equipment have scooted across the floor. Sometimes crackly old radio sounds can be heard. And investigators have reported the old school claw uh, foot bathtub being turned completely upside down. You can uh, go to their website online. They have lots of photos and, and videos. Um, so you can kind of determine it for yourself. There's also a one-hour documentary titled When the Walls Talk that will take you basically on the same tour from the comfort of your own home. It has plenty of lore explanation, but it is... Um, it's... In the most respectful way, it's a really bad video. <laughs> it's The audio is garbage. Um, half of the footage is either like a slideshow presentation or... It is a video recording of a tape recorder playing an interview. It's, it's dumb. Um, but if you're really curious, you can look it up. They have some fun moments where the people that volunteer at the house uh, have a shaky table scene. I don't know. Its tagline is, The house is alive. It knows who it wants in this house and who it doesn't. That's what I was trying to remember. Um, and that was said to us a lot. Uh, I'm not sure if it's still active. Uh, you might be able to still find tickets. I clearly wouldn't recommend it. Uh, most, most places that are like a touristy haunted spot, I'm just, they're not worth it to me because they all kind of have this gimmick where, uh, you know, you're going to see what you want to see. And if you're not open to it, then you're not going to see anything. Which kind of leads people to have that disbelief of the paranormal. Either way, that's my that's my experience in the fourth scariest place in all of America, <laughs> as uh, according to I believe it was the Travel Channel. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed that little tale of not frights, and have a lookout for molesty ghosts and inappropriately named shadows and um you know don't capitalize on dead children and do ghost child labor all right i'll see you guys next week